0: I talk about blockchain is as influential in the way we live life as the invention of light or the invention of the car the automobile this is this is my advice learn it right now and see if there's an opportunity for what you're doing because there's gonna be an opportunity for the people that come in first and then eventually everybody will be uh, coming in when you're ahead of you know you're ahead of the space
1: Welcome to the ThinkPod. My name is Jared Dykus, your host, uh, where thoughts have no limits. Today, I'm here with the one and only Digital Jeff, a uh, very close friend and mentor to me, our community. Um, I mean, this guy, if you haven't heard about him, absolute savage, cultural icon, uh, someone who even from a young age has inspired me. Um, to do, you know, everything that I've done entrepreneurially, um, you know, whether it was working at Founders, whether it was, you know, initially, you know, watching one of your documentaries on YouTube and having the inkling of thought of maybe school isn't for me. Uh, I mean, you've been on this journey for a minute now, documenting leaders, documenting entrepreneurs. And now here you are entering the metaverse It seems like it was just about a year ago where I gave you a call to see if you've heard about this metaverse thing, and now here we are today. Um, Thank you so much, man, for hopping on
0: the show. Man, it's such a pleasure, bro. I've been excited for this call for a while. Um, You know, hearing you say these words about uh, you know seeing one of the YouTube videos, documentaries, or you know all these all these things were like things that I wrote down when I was uh, trying to do like come up with these concepts because it's hard to pitch like these ideas when it hasn't been done before to somebody that doesn't know what you're talking about and for me like uh that person was Gerard like Gerard was one of those guys that believed in me and now like dude we can be the guys that you know are the are the voice of the generation man and it sounds kind of like weird or like uh now looking backwards like obviously like It's it's played off. It's played off in the sense of it worked. What we came up with actually worked, and uh, for you to say that, maybe not the first person that tells me this. You know, I've I've heard it, um, you know, quite a lot over the last few years of how they saw one of my documentaries on YouTube or Facebook or something like that, and it completely changed their paradigm of how they see life. And um, that's beautiful, and it's like you know makes me uh, just. Made my first of all. I made my day, and it, it helps me keep going, bro. So thank you for those words.
1: No problem. Uh, I'll tell you real quick a short story um, on when I understood. I guess at the mecca when Digital Jeff, when I believed like the most into you, and not that I don't believe the most into you right this moment, brother. But I'm saying uh, I don't know if you remember season three of the Leaders Create Leaders um, that 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 um, that party in New York City, like the release. Mm-hmm. When Gerard gave that speech about you, um, and he just talked, yeah. you know, a little bit about what you've brought to the the space, and at the time it was the entrepreneurship space, right? Which is such yeah. a broad, such a broad industry, such a broad, you know, name. Um, when I heard Gerard speak on some of the things that you've done, you know, to bring this vision to life for him, and and what it meant to him, that's when, and I saw the people there in person. I mean, I forget where it was at, but it, it might have been in like Soho. It was a, a Soho, yeah. dope, it was a dope spot, like easily the nicest place that I've ever went to, and it was just so awesome to to see not only your work in such a highlight, but at the same time, you know, hear about the person that you are as a as an individual and as a leader. And what you meant to that space. So can you speak on a little bit just about that journey of creating leaders, create leaders, and, and maybe what that was like?
0: Yeah. So, man, that's that's been a journey that, you know, I feel like there needs to be a, a movie done of that story. Not because it's me involved in it, but at the time being, you got to think about YouTube in 2014, 2015. YouTube was meet, mostly seen like for vloggers or for tutorials or t- these type of videos that are not, you know, they don't, you don't consider yourself a filmmaker, you know, if you're posting your videos on YouTube. And for me, like, that was the only platform that I have, had access to because I was in a little city in Texas where you don't have access to Hollywood budgets or there's no production companies that would listen to your idea or there's no production companies in general. I had the only production company at the time. And uh, me moving to New York City was to find somebody that I could partner with, with the idea of creating a, creating a platform on YouTube, you know, and it hadn't been done before. There, there'd be different people like, this is 2015. Wow. Yeah, but originally when I started uploading these videos, um, you know, it was it started off as a vlog because that's the, that's the only way, that was kind of like the way I can meet people in the middle where it was like, okay, I'm doing something that people are used to, but I'm trying to tell different stories, man. It's not, it's not what, like, this is stuff that you see in TV, but you don't see on TV. It's the in-between, like, what is, that space in-between was what I had uh, envisioned capturing and bringing out to the world, because the majority of us can't afford to have a mentor like Ryan Blair or like Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Like, we just can't, like, you know, it's not accessible for us, but, what if we can film a day in the life with them and showcase really how they actually live and get to talk to them and film it in a way where you feel you're part of the room when you see these when when you when you 're seeing these documentaries you see them like it, it's, it's it, you're part of that you're, it's, it doesn't feel like um, they're talking to, there's not, it's not going to feel like they're talking like a one way it feels like you're part of that conversation and that was kind of like the vision for it and ideally like when we when we launched it. It was kind of scary because um, it it would take a lot to produce each of these episodes. Um, And they're all like, they all have their own unique style and their own unique way of the way that they came out. Um, So there was no really like template that we were following. We were creating our own template for this and nobody had done it before you know at the time there was not that many podcasts out there ours was not was in a podcast either but there was really no talk shows that were doing it there was i think impact theory with tom yeah. um and then there was a joe rogan podcast
1: and then at, at around that time the paul brothers were kind of blowing up too with with their whole vlog and influencer
0: yeah this was like a this was like a year before so actually jake you know it's funny dude like jake paul Actually, met with me met with me and Gerard uh, like at four in the morning at a hotel, and he pitched us on Team Ten. He showed us—I still have the deck. He showed us the deck. He showed us his vision of what he wanted to do. He wanted—he needed the funding to get a house to be able to fly in all these influencers to work with him and creating all this content. And uh, me and Gerard had the had the opportunity to invest into that project and. Um, we both didn't. Uh, me personally, I didn't have the money. I don't, Gerard had other reasons why he didn't want to invest. But regardless, that's not the point. The point is that, you know, um, Jake Paul was one of these guys that was also a visionary in what could be done on these platforms. And uh, he completely changed what YouTube was to become, you know. And the way he used YouTube to build his name and his uh, notoriety in, the sp- in different, not only in, in like the entertainment space, but like now he's in boxing and all these other, uh, you know, he's been able to build so many different businesses, but, um, yeah, man, that's kind of like, um, the, the gist of how it started. And then it became a movement where we were literally traveling all over the world and just in the you know, not only like not, not necessarily famous people. It was like real, real leaders in different spaces that had like really dope stories. And we were, we were treating it like as a, there was no like agenda, like who needs to be on the show. It was like very organic of the people that were coming in. And uh, the the way we're selecting people was very uh, methodical in a way where We wanted to get people that weren't on other podcasts we you know that you know people that haven't haven't really shared their story and uh i think all that played into our into into what we were able to create with leaders create leaders
1: yeah i mean and i think the ryan holiday episode for me that's the video that i'm referencing when i talk about you know dropping out of school finally Mm -hmm. um he he wasn't like any, I mean, not that he's not famous or very influential and all the things, I mean, him being chief marketing officer at American Apparel and all the great things that, you know, he, he's done throughout his career. He's definitely my favorite art um, artist or author. Um, at the time, there wasn't like, you know, there was podcasts like this with Ryan, but no one was at his home in Austin, Texas on a lake. No. Like the Nobody. space that you guys went into to to get him to to be that open and and be that mm-hmm. authentic and how authentic Gerard was and I remember you know even seeing Gerard later a couple months at a at a random you know event uh, I think in New York for entrepreneurship and he was like dressed the same same type of vibe I don't know if you were there or not um, but. I was like, "Wow! Like this this guy is is really who he says he is." And yeah. when I finally went and you know met you and I saw, oh, this is the digital Jeff. You know, in the beginning of the movie that I've always been like, "Who is this guy?" And I <laughs> saw the visionary behind the curtains. Uh, it really excited me. So I, I think that's you know really awesome that. You were documenting people whose stories were very valid and very influential, but maybe their name itself wasn't as influential as their story Mm -hmm. and and really what it meant inside of our generation. Yep. It speaks a lot to what you're kind of doing today. And I I don't want to dive into that just yet Mm -hmm. because I know we can get lost in it, Yeah. Um, but it's interesting when you just said all of that, I was like, wow, this this is very similar to what I believe your, your roadmap is, for lack of a better word, in mm-hmm. terms of what you're doing now inside of the metaverse. Um, I mean, why is it that stories fascinate you so much, Jeff? I mean, I heard a, a podcast with you where you said that one of your favorite artistic uh, styles Is just storytelling in front of people. And when I thought of that, I thought of the cavemen. I thought of literally, you know, people gathered around a fire telling tales Mm -hmm. about, you know, mythical creatures or different themes and stories and legends. And I thought of Guru Cats, you know, immediately when you said that, um, you know, let's go repping Guru 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 Cats. Um, but at the same time, uh, it really woke me up and I realized, wow, you know, storytelling in itself is an art. I never looked at, you know, public speaking or just formal communication to other human beings as, a, as, a, as an art. You know, why is it that, mm-hmm. that that inspires you so much? Why is it that you have such an itch to share stories
0: yeah, man, so for me like when I think about storytelling in person, there's this there's a scarcity factor where especially if it's not being filmed, it's not being recorded, this is a once in a lifetime as, as soon as it's been, as soon as it's been told, it's no longer available. But the connection that is it being able you you're able to create with another person, whether they're telling the story or you're telling the story, is something that cannot be created through film, through any other piece of art. This is, this is the only way you can make that bond, that connection, and some of the strongest relationships that you're gonna build in your life are gonna come through these moments in where stories are shared from one person to another. And for me, the most beautiful thing you can do is be that person that's able to share stories, whether it's with your kids or whether it's with your cousins. For me, I have an uncle that is the greatest storyteller for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way he is able to captivate my attention and my imagination for a long period of time, I'm thinking like he can go for two, three hours just talking and I'm just listening Mm -hmm. the whole time. And uh, I'm like, what is that? You know, for me, you know, growing up, growing up, uh, I can remember some of the moments where I can tell you like exactly where I was sitting and who was with me when I was listening to some of these stories for the first time. And um, yeah, man, just the way they make you feel and the connection that you're able to build through this type of storytelling is, is amazing. And the next step to that is film, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the only other way you can try to encapsulate these type of uh, moments or these type of feelings is through, uh, through film. So that's why film is very, for me, is very uh, just precious in the way I see it and not take it for granted that i can have a camera and a mic and Mm -hmm. the tripod and i can go and record somebody's story and and put it on uh on a platform where people can watch it and share it that's amazing like it sounds so simple but it's the truth man like you don't need a hollywood production to be able to create impact or to be able to have fun shooting something you know so
1: absolutely i can i can think of one of my favorite gary v videos is literally him on an airplane with his macbook and I watch it even, you know, to this day, sometimes like, you know, if I'm feeling down or something, I just want to like psych myself back up. Some of the, it, just the, the art of authenticity and, and storytelling. You spoke about uh, getting these films, you know, putting them on a platform. Um, I guess we can start the meta talk right now. When, yeah. Was there- when you're getting film it's one thing to put something on YouTube, right? But it's, it's another thing to put something on the blockchain, right? Oh, yeah. That, that is, is in, I mean, from my understanding, an asteroid could hit the earth and it'll still exist on the blockchain. It won't matter. You know. Can you kind of break down a little bit about this space in terms of the metaverse and, and what it means to you so that we can dive a little bit more into, I guess, the journey that you're on today?
0: Yeah well the the main thing about uh this concept of the blockchain and uh along along the blockchain there's a concept of web 3 mm-hmm. you know web 3 is the the latest uh version of what the internet is mm-hmm. you know how we connect and how we interact and as we interact uh, there's these technologies that allow us to interact in a specific way for companies and consumers to to play with each other, you know, mm-hmm. Facebook, you know, you, use, you create a uh, social media profile, you upload pictures, there's a Facebook wall, people mm-hmm. like it. And, 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 and that was web two, right? It. Correct, that's web two. And I'll take it back to web one so people can actually understand. I come from the era of there was no web. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we get introduced to the internet. And I'm about uh, 12 years old at the time. And actually, no, I was a little bit younger, but uh, during that time is when I first, when I, during the age of 12 is when I first got my first computer and I actually figured out a way to connect to AOL Online. And um, I was able to connect with other people. At the time, there were just usernames. There was these chat rooms that you can go into. You can go to these websites. One of my favorite websites was collegehumor.com, um, where it had all these like random uh stories or jokes uh there was little clips like 10 second clips of like funny videos and you could just kind of like learn about other things that are happening uh, outside of your own world Mm -hmm. uh, outside your physical world so that was web one you can create a website a static website upload things people could see it and then there was also these chat rooms which these chat rooms eventually became Web 2, where people can interact live, and it'll it can store your information, your data, and it could you know see what kind of uh, things you like, and then recommend more of that for you. And uh, you know, F- MySpace launch, Facebook launch, and all these other apps that created this uh, ecosystem for people to be able to uh, interact in a way where it was convenient to them, and you could find people that liked what you liked. And that, that term was called radical openness. Mm. Ra- radical openness is a, like a free form exchange of ideas that happens instantly with people that are not physically in the same space. So like I can communicate with you for the first time, one of my ideas, and you could be in a different part of the world. And it's happening at this moment right now. So that was web two, Right. It opened. It opened that. So that's how it allowed for people like me that were in a small little city in Texas with nothing but cows and mm. all these like horses, like that, to be able to go to New York City and connect with all the leaders in the world. That's what it, like Web two allowed for me to do that.
1: And can 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 I ask you something about that? So
0: you were mm-hmm. living in
1: Texas at the time, right, El Paso, and and you bought a one way ticket to New York City. Correct. You did that yeah. before knowing Gerard or after Bef-
0: knowing? Before knowing Gerard. How did you Gerard. meet
1: Gerard Adams?
0: So um, back in, let me go back 2015. I, uh, I ended up working during the summer of 2015. I worked for this company called Meerkat. Mm-hmm. Meerkat was the first ever mobile live streaming platform. And I was working more as a I wasn't an intern, but I was in a full time, I was kinda of like a part-time employee. Mm-hmm. But I ended up I ended up going to San Francisco for the summer to work with the with the actual I wanted to I wanted to work with the actual team. I didn't want to be remote. Mm-hmm. So at the time, uh the person that hired me, his name is Neve Dror. Shout out to Neve, completely changed my life and he doesn't even know it. But Neve gave me the opportunity to go work in San Francisco uh for about three months. And wow. during that during that time because I was a high school t- uh, teacher, those three months during the summer were not teaching, so you can do whatever you want during that time. So I used that time to, uh, for this opportunity. And during the time that I was working in San Francisco, I met a lot of people through the Meerkat app, this live mm. streaming platform. And I met people from London, I met people from, from Japan, from China, like all over the world. And uh, one of the, two, two of the people that I met were out of New York City. So, I flew into New York City like in uh, July of 2015. Okay. And I, and I threw my first event. Were like you I, Digital Jeff at the time? I was Digital Jeff. I've been Digital Jeff since day one, bro. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, will go back to that. I will go back to that story in a little bit. But um,
1: I did your my first, first meetup.
0: I did my first meetup, and like 50 people showed up, bro. It was crazy. I, hadn't, like, I had done meetups in my hometown, and like, you know, there was like 10 people. Mm hmm. I throw I throw a meetup in New York City, like 50 people show up. They're all wearing like the merch, like everybody's like, Mir- like all about Meerkat. Like, what's up, Digital Jab? Like, I'm like, damn, I did a whole photo shoot for everybody. Oh, what? Um, I have video of like I did vlog video of this. So anyway, so I was like, okay, cool. There's a community here in New York City. I love the vibe. I spent there about five days. Uh, just you know, uh, I was mostly working for the company. And uh, meeting, I met up with MTV, I met up with uh, Fox, like different uh, TV stations that that were leaning towards going mobile live streaming into the mobile live streaming platforms. Mm I I produced the first ever live streaming platform. I mean, the first ever live live mobile show for Al Roker. Oh wow! Yeah, I was a producer on the show. And I just saw like this opportunity in New York City that I had never really seen before. And I was like, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to take a leap, instead of me going to San Francisco, I think I should go to New York City. Because New York City presents, it's more of a creative space. And um, for some reason, for me, it felt more organic to go to New York City. But even with the people that I met at this uh, event, like nobody was like, like I didn't know anybody, like where they lived. I don't know. Like, I mm-hmm. just didn't know. I didn't really know anybody. And uh, the school year starts again, and I end up having to go back to Texas. I start teaching for the first couple of months, and during during this time that I'm teaching, this whole time, the only thing I can think about is taking off to New York City. True. And I spoke. I spoke to Susie about it. Um, you know, for context, Susie's my wife, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we spoke about it, and she's like, "Hey, like." I all you talk about you should definitely like, if you want to do it, just go for it. You're, you're like she she said wow. something like along the lines of like, you always kind of do what you want to do anyway, so just go for it. So when she said that, this is like we're we're heading up to the Thanksgiving uh, break. We're we're about to have a week off from work, and I was like, I think this is a perfect time for me to burn the boats and just go to New York City. And it's actually like not ethical for you to quit teaching during the middle of a school year. Yeah. So it took a lot of like, it, it. I had to get out of character for me to be able to do that, and to me to talk to my director at the time and tell them, hey, like I just made the decision to go to New York City and try to make it as a filmmaker. <laughs> Sounded so like mm-hmm. completely, like it just it was just so random and um, by the way just to give you some context of that like i was actually very involved in the school yeah um you what know, were you teaching leader, i was teaching design film production and photo commercial photography at a high school at a high school correct what were they producing
1: graduating steven spielbergs and stuff like that man yes, I, my high school didn't have that i don't yeah, think i actually like I actually level. was a
0: one that launched the program in in, in uh, laredo
1: oh wow that's awesome man
0: so, so yeah, so when you was, said was, step
1: out of character, you really had to like completely shift. I mean, you were adding a ton of value. It sounds like to that school,
0: correct. And my director was like, "Hey, just so you know, like you're gonna lose your teaching certificate for five years minimum if you quit in the middle of school year. Is that is that worth it for you and your family?" And I was like, "Like I already made a decision. So regardless of the outcome, like I'm not I'm not coming back. Like there's." Doesn't even matter if it could be fifty years of no teaching. Like I could, not that I don't care. I don't want to say it like in those words, but I already made my decision. Can I just stop you right there? I want to get into how you met Gerard, but
1: this whole time, you know, I'm just thinking, wow, like this is a very tough decision. I've had to make tough decisions in my life, but I don't have a family. I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. You're talking about some of the stuff that you're doing, but you, it's affecting your family. Correct. So, yeah. what does making a, a risk or a decision like that? How does that influence you know your family life, and how hard is it you know to to kind of guide, you know where your north star is and where you truly want to go compared to what's right for you and your family?
0: Yeah, um, I think I thought for the for me to be happy as a father and to be uh, happy as a um creative or just to be able to give more love more more to my family i needed to be in a state of creativity and for me i had lived the same day over and over for a long period of time and if i could predict tomorrow then i'm not having no, i'm it's not fun for me anymore i want to be able to be not that it's healthy also but like i want to be able to say i don't know what tomorrow's going to bring but i'm excited for it because i get to play i get to uh, create And for me, it felt like the best decision I could do to be happy and to be able to continue smiling every morning and continue being a happy father and being a happy relationship is to go for these things that push myself to uh, become a better person, you know, level up in, in all aspects from learning to just being more thoughtful and... Being around other people that are into what I'm into. Um, So I had to challenge myself. I was no longer challenging where I was. And I did see myself going down this rabbit hole of like, if I continue doing this for two years, five years, 10 years of what I'm doing right now, I know that I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life.
1: And Jeff, just because I know a little bit more about your story than some of these people watching, would you say that that New York decision or experience is very closely related to where you're at right now in your life? A hundred percent. So you 100%. had to move
0: from Texas to Alabama. Correct. Recently. Recently. Yeah. And I'm going to move again. <laughs>
1: oh, are you?
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to get to the details of that yeah. uh, yet, but, um, uh you know, this this idea of like living in one city um and growing up with you, you know, just staying in one city, like that's the normal thing to do. But it's also normal to not live in your city and move to where you it it fits what you what you need to do. And I'm trying to uh shift that paradigm to allow people to have the permission give themselves the permission to to make to make the move you know i think that's one of my things is like i of all people having a family four kids being married for you know at the time i was married for like 12 13 years when i made the first move from from laredo texas to new york city all my kids had their friends you know everything was stable there was no stress in my life like i had a perfect job you know, I had a studio that was generating more money than my teaching job. At the time, there was nine employees working with me. And I gave up all that to give myself an opportunity of a lifetime. And I didn't even know if there was going to be an opportunity. It was more like the opportunity was more about me t- being able to say, I took a leap of faith. And regardless of the outcome, I did it. That's mm. it. Like, instead of, I never sold my soul to comfort.
1: Wow. I've so, never sold my soul to comfort.
0: Correct. And I think that's kind of like, if you look at my story, it's not about being a great filmmaker or a great storyteller. It's not about being a great, uh, I don't know, I don't even know what, you know, what, what will come of what I do next. It's I not about it. that. It's about saying, these are the things that I wanted to do. And I, if I did it, Without any funding, without any money, and li- uh, literally like without any p- projects booked, I had zero things that I would say okay this will this will at least get me going I had nothing promised. I moved to a city where not only is it hard to it's it, it's like they say if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere and that's true
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's true because it's a brutal city it's cold ninety percent of the time. <laughs> You know if you can afford a decent space it's still crowded yeah um the people uh they don't mess around like you know they're cutthroat in a good way i think for me it worked in my favor people like somebody tells says no like all right cool move on there's no Mm -hmm. there's no playing around here but um i went to where it's like when you when you play a video game do you play it in the easy level or do you want to play it in the master level And for me, I was like, let me play it at the highest level. That's the only way I'm gonna be content with how much I can push myself. Um, so
1: So Jeff, someone watching this right now who's about to take a leap of faith or, or go embark on, you know, some type of journey, what's your biggest piece of advice to that person who's about to take this leap of faith, you know, when you make this decision to get outside of your comfort zone, outside of your city, you know, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. What's your biggest piece of advice to that person?
0: Um, Speed and patience. I think speed is one of the most uh, overlooked things by people that are trying to create a difference in their life. We tend to think of these ideas and we hold on to them for a month, two months, three months. I now think of ideas and I act upon the idea as soon as it comes to me. Because I feel like the gods will favor speed. The gods mm. work in the speed of light. If you think about it, mm-hmm. and they they're giving you an idea, which I feel like the ideas come from the gods, is so you can act on it. Now you can, not so you can sit and ask all your friends if this is a good idea. Mm. So because of the society we live in, especially with social media, it's easy to ask somebody for advice. It's easy. It's easy to ask somebody for their opinion. And it's easy to go and say, hey, like, you know, I'm thinking of doing this. Like, what do you think? And it's great, but it's better to say, I'm doing this. Let me show you this and see what they think, you know. And on top of that is you're going to learn more about acting on things that come to your intuition. It gives you a lot more confidence to be able to continue acting on your intuition. And two, when you do mess up, you say, "Hey, I acted on my intuition. I fucked up. All right, cool. Let me fix it. It's easier for for you to mm. fix things that you've already experimented and tried versus if you're trying to fix a, an idea that's on paper and you know it's you start adding to the idea and you never actually do anything because mm-hmm. you know. But on the on the opposite side of that is patience because you might be doing a lot of things and money doesn't come like that always. Sometimes money takes a little bit longer to catch up to you." and um you got to have patience you got to have grit you got to have you got to be able to survive with as little as possible and be able to be okay with living in the cold or not having a five-star meal on the weekends Mm -hmm. you know all these concepts like are part of patience and discipline and being stoic and understanding that you have a north star and whatever it takes to get to that north star as long as you know that you're putting every like you're working every single day towards that north star, you gotta be okay with where you're at, because that's really the the the, the gift is being able to do it. Wow, you know, like from somebody asked me the other days, like if you if I had like, hey, do you feel like you've already made it? And I was like, dude, I made it the day I fucking took the leap of faith. Mm. Because I was already doing it, you know.
1: You just wanted to play the game,
0: and now I that you're wanted, in the game, that's it. Stay in the game. Yeah. If you stay in the game long enough. You're eventually going to get lucky, bro. You're going to catch some good, you're going to catch some good hands and you're going to be able to score. That's it. Like stay in the game. That's awesome.
1: Um no, I mean I I I completely agree with what you just said about uh speed and, and patience. They're kind of contradictory, but I think at the same time when you take a leap of faith, you have to just trust your intuition like you're talking about so that you can fix it faster, but also you know improve and and just take, you know the thoughts a little bit quicker. Um, I can definitely relate to that, but I, I want to bring it back to you know where you are now. Um, it seems like not that your whole life has led up to this moment, but th- just looking at your journey from you know a, a, th- a third person's perspective, and you might get the vibe from how I view you from the text that I'll send you sometimes with some of the ideas yeah. you'll send over. I'm like, oh man, this is next level or oh, this is iconic, or, blah, 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 blah. You're at a moment right now where you're about to even embark on a, 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 a grander leap of faith into something that isn't YouTube. It, as much as YouTube was experimental, it still was a platform. People could understand it. There wasn't... You know, theories about YouTube, people weren't like, oh, is is YouTube a scam? Or uh, maybe they were in the early age. But now we're stepping into Web3. Yeah. And what does that space mean to you in this moment of time? And what are your plans in relation to what you've done in the past with Leaders Create Leaders and the storytelling moving into the Web3 space um, and moving forward into this year
0: yeah man that 's a great question and that's actually um, the reason that i 'm so passionate about this space is because I grew up as a creator, as a filmmaker, a photographer as a graphic designer, somebody that could that was creating art so as an artist, the majority of my life, and I say it with you know I say it in the form of gratitude also so don't don 't take this in the wrong way, but I got taken advantage of almost every single, in every single project from the last, the last 20 years. There's, I never got the upper hand in any project. And I'm passionate about this Web3 space because it finally gives the artists the opportunity to own what they want to create. And now the tables have turned to where if people want the artists to be part of that Company or that idea or that mission, the artist will win first. Yeah, the artist will always have ownership of that content they created. The rights, the royalties go to the artist. Yep. And for me, it's put me in a driver's position to say, okay, I'm gonna work on this, this, and that. And if anybody wants to come and join my mission, you're more than welcome. But from this day moving forward. I love your ideas and i love you as a friend but don't seek me to go work on your idea anymore Mm. and i think that's the most beautiful part that could have happened for artists and creators because the entire ever since the medici family like artists artists have been taken not necessarily taken advantage of but yes we've been taught to think about the idea of being a starving artist it's okay to be a starring artist as long as you're painting. No, it's not okay. It's not okay. That's not cool. We have families too. We gotta pay bills too. Yep. We wanna travel too. We wanna, ha- we wanna have a, a nice shirt too. Why do we have to just create and build these beautiful imagery, images or beautiful uh, stories that you can sell your product? Why can it be the other way around where this is the product? So. You know i'm in this uh, I'm in this i uh, point in my life where I'm looking to create the next uh big brand the next big i p you know you think about Marvel you think about Star Wars or you think about um Stanley when he was able to create Walt Disney like I am in the process of creating my own version of what Walt Disney created mm. so that's what Web3 means to me, and the reason I'm so passionate about it is simply because I feel I can be one of the pioneers in the space that can show artists in the future how they can move with their work. And not, not necessarily to just move with their work, but being able to create impact and live a life where they can actually uh, feel symbiotic with having a fulfilling life, both financially and in the uh, with their vision you know yeah with the the, with they're creating realm. yeah
1: that's beautiful man um i mean like just hearing that from you and honestly just my experience with web3 and everything that i've went through it just makes so much more sense of why certain things happened in in my space or in my career throughout the industry as you mm-hmm. say that yeah um and that's a very awakening moment for me. So I appreciate you you giving that perspective. When you talk about the artist, you know, moving forward, it's twenty twenty two. What do you think these artists? And I'm trying to I'm trying to ask a question here. So like, what do you think these artists? Are going to lead up to like, is it going to be that some of these web three people like Waheed are mm-hmm. gonna be the Walt Disney's, the Virgil's? Like, is this like live action? We're witnessing history before our eyes and That's, it's on the blockchain this time,
0: correct? that you literally, you nearly nailed it. I actually predicted that Waheed will become. The next virgil yeah i heard you say that yeah that's my yeah that's my prediction and um yeah we're in this time where you're gonna look back in five years and be like wow i can't believe it happened right before our eyes it's happening it's happening right now so then so think about like these micro ecosystems and um when i say micro like how much does an artist like how many people need to be buying from an artist so he can have you know a decent Way of living, like I'm talking about, is it making a hundred thousand a year? How many people have to be in this community? Not too many now, too many, not too many. So, when you think about what an artist wants to create, let's say what he wants to make a clothing line. This is not alpha, <laughs> might, <laughs> might be alpha, <laughs> but let's say what he wants to create his own clothing line, he needs to have maybe a thousand people to buy it, and he's gonna be fine. Now, what he's probably going to be at a different, there's going to be levels to it, obviously. Yeah. But I feel like if you're an artist and you have a micro community of three, 500, maybe a thousand people that really love what you're doing and what you're creating, and they'll be in an abundance for you to create whatever it is that you want to create. And those a thousand people will be supporting you. That's it. Like.
1: So it's just about creating those raving fans, right?
0: It's about creating those rating fans and evolving as an artist. Mm. The second part is as important as the first part because wow. the majority of artists get stuck on idea one because they never get the funding. Everybody turns them down. like They just kind of give up. They get to a, a point where they just got to go get a regular job and they give up on their, their vision, their ideas of what they had. So phase one of what we're doing is putting the in a position where they have that community now Mm -hmm. and they can now continue evolving as an artist. And the evolution of the artist is as important and more important because when you think about the blockchain and Web3 and the way NFTs and um, tokens work, the more valuable the artist becomes, the original people that discovered this artist, the token holders, are going to reap the benefits as well. Mm. So they want supporters of let's say we're, let's, we're talking about Wahid right now, Day one supporters of Wahid will reap the benefits if Wahid continues coming up with dope shit year after yeah. year after year after year because people are going to want that original, in 10 years, people are going to want that original piece that he came up with. And guess what? Somebody owns it and you can buy it from that person. So the value will continue moving forward. higher is if the artist continues to evolve. So the idea is for the for not only the, us to help artists get to that level, but push them into them creating an ecosystem where they're creating more value for their, uh, for their, I don't say customers for the community. So where, there's a lot of talk about
1: the artists, but then, you know, there's, there's not, in, in my opinion, a, a lot of talk about like the operators or the people behind the artists. Sometimes like Giovanni, mm-hmm. for example, in we situation, I know you, had an interview uh, with him and, and got a little bit into his story. What what can you tell me about operators in this space? Like, are they artists in a weird way as well? E- even though they're not, you know, maybe on Blender or whatever the case may be?
0: Like, how do you yeah. view those people? They are, art- they are as much of an artist as the actual guy on Blender or on Photoshop, mm-hmm. you know, because... Um the artist needs to have somebody that can um, see his vision and be able to communicate that vision to uh, manufacturing companies uh the community uh, that that takes art as well it's 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 not just oh like look at this amazing photo or this amazing video and that everything takes off like there's like like what Giovanni's doing with smiles is as important or even more important than what what he is actually it's actually symbiotic yeah you can't have one over the other and in order for an artist to be fully an artist he needs to have that person next to him he cannot be taking messages you know 24 7. he cannot be uh, listening to everybody in the community he needs to you know artist needs to be able to work and flow and be able to be in uh, this state of creativity and the only way for that to work is to have that partnership to have that person you can rely on and me personally i'm going through the same same exact thing i'm trying to find the right partner that could do all that so I can stay in the, stay in the, in the, in the place of creativity. And for me, creativity is not just me creating myself, but finding the creators that I'm going to continue and getting behind of behind. So yeah, man,
1: Jeff, do you think everyone's an artist in a weird way or no?
0: I think so. I think everybody's an artist. We just, uh, we got programmed to think about it in a capitalistic way and, we started seeing art as a, you know, I don't know when this started, but, you know, way before we were born or we even thought about, you know, art is, is secondary to everything else. You know, there, if you go down the list of, like, what you want to be when you grow up, you know, it'll, it'll start as a doctor, a president, you know, a lawyer. And it goes on the list, and artists doesn't even get mentioned. Yeah. You know, and when you tell somebody you want to be an artist, like, the first thing they're going to say oh you're going to be a starving artist <laughs> so because of that the playfulness inside us dies out at a certain age i'm thinking around the age of 8 or 9 that's when i personally started feeling it where you know i was pushing i was fighting against it luckily i had parents that were like super supportive in in me doing like uh like short films they bought me a a vhs camera that me and my brothers would use so they still Allowed me to explore that, but it was never like that's what you're gonna do. Yeah, you know. And for me, I never actually stopped doing it. I've been doing it all my life since I started. (laughs) So by by this idea of not wanting to die inside, I was so that's one thing I was conscious about when I got I got married at 17. For those that don't know, so I got married at 17, and I knew that I had to provide for my family. Those were the two like non-negotiables. Like all right, this is I'm going to be a father, a husband, and I'm going to provide for my family and I'm going to take great pride in this, all right? That's non-negotiable. The other non-negotiable is I'm going to continue doing short films. I'm going to mm-hmm. figure out how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to continue doing this cuz that's what that's how I have fun, that's how I that's how I express myself. So I actually never stopped. Now, this idea of creating of being a, a Music. I mean, not a music producer, but like uh, like shooting music videos and doing short films and all this. Never really paid bills until like when I was age, like maybe like three, four years later. Mm-hmm. It started like oh, I started making money from it, and then it became oh, okay. Now I can stop everything I'm doing and just focus on this. I built an agency, and then I was just doing agency work, and I'm, I wasn't having fun anymore. And it was like I went through the whole circle of of uh, using. I guess my skills and my expertise in in producing to uh, provide for my family, but also just learning about the space and uh and that's one one of the reasons I'm so passionate about Web three as well like I feel like I've gone through the tech side building yep. uh companies uh also like. Uh, learning how to actually create art in different mediums you know I can go from A to Z and almost anything and say I can I can almost do any type of art that's the weird part yeah I'm, I'm one of those weird artists that can just by the nature of my curiosity I feel like I can learn almost anything fairly quickly and um, I and over the course of the, like the last 20 years I've been able to almost do anything that I want to do um, and sometimes it was for free or just because, you know. nothing like when I say I've done, done anything that I wanted to, this isn't like yeah. book projects, right? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I want to I want to do a short film on this and that's, you know, that's it, that's I will do it because I wanted to do it. But me coming to this web3 space, I come from the, the art side, but also have the entrepreneurial side because at since the age of 17, I've had to provide for my family. You know, I've, I've launched many different businesses in all areas. You know, at one point I had a trucking company. You know, had all these trucks. Uh, I've had websites, uh, publications, uh, photo studios, I've done wedding photography. And the array of different businesses that I've had coincide with all the art Stuff that I comes comes from me. This mm-hmm. all this area of creativity. So, me coming into the Web three space, I understand experiences. I understand like how to build a product line mm-hmm. or how to build, um, you know, uh, a, a story behind the product. Yeah. Or, Documentation. You know, all these, yeah. So, I feel like I was built for Web three, and these last twenty years has been my uh, been putting in reps.
1: Up until this moment right so let's say because we have a a, this is traditionally you know not a web three podcast right Uh, we you're our first guest and who knows maybe Mm -hmm. there'll be more um inside of this space for anyone who's watching who's like okay i understand nfts are are getting bigger i know ethereum and bitcoin is continuing to rise or whatever it's doing would you suggest that like everyone in the world gets into this space, just creatives, people that are business-liked, like people that are just interested into it? Do you think people even have a choice to get into it or not to get into it? Or is it just an evolving part of our evolution? Like where do you see this going in the next 2 to 3 years?
0: Yeah, I mean, you said it, man. I don't think people have a choice. Um I mean, everything from like even the NFL is already getting into the NFT space and creating experiences for their uh, ticket holders. But this is technology that is kind of like the invention of light. The blockchain, when I talk about blockchain, is as influential in the way we live life as the invention of light or the invention of the car, the automobile, um, and it'll change the paradigm of how we share information, how we uh, go to day-to-day owning different um, physical and digital assets. Because a lot of people say just digital assets, but it's also physical assets. And that's a huge space that hasn't even been touched. It's still like... So If you want, I, I, this is my advice. Learn it right now and see if there's an opportunity for what you're doing. Mm. Because there's gonna be uh, an opportunity for the people that come in first, and then eventually everybody will be uh, coming in when you're ahead, of, you know, you're ahead of the space.
1: No, that, that makes complete sense. Um, one thing I'm curious about is when you say get in early, Are we still early right now?
0: Like, is this? Yeah, we're we're definitely still early. There's still no legislation behind NFTs. Um, There's still no blueprint of how to launch an NFT project. There's no right from wrong, and it's kind of like the wild wild west right now. And just there's just real estate everywhere. Yeah, (laughs) in all in all different angles. I've I mean I'm I'm talking to like. From NFL all the way to like artists that has never launched a business. This is the the, the the space I'm in. Like, you know, the conversations vary from day to day who I'm working with. And I'm like, wow, nobody knows what the fuck's going on. That's the reality of it. And we're, as a pioneers of this space, we're breaking things and pushing all the buttons. And we're going to figure out what worked and what didn't.
1: Are you just excited to just be a pioneer that fails forward inside of this space like at this point this
0: is Amen. you're you're down to roll the dice i'm i've yeah i've already rolled the dice <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't seen what what you know what i got but you know um i won't be surprised if i hit a 12. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man.
1: Well, um, Jeff, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Thank you so much for hopping on. Um, I mean, your story and everything that, you know, you as an individual stand for, uh, it just means so much to me. Uh, I really do appreciate you, you know, sharing your insight on the Web3 space. I loved what you had to say about artists. Um, That is something that uh, completely, you know, shifted my perspective. you know, in terms of how artists play a role in, inside of just life in general. Um, I think that what you're doing for, in, in, a, in a time where the world has never needed community more, right, you're, you're almost pioneering the wave of many, many, many micro communities and macro communities to be built inside of House of Clay, inside of Guru Cats and everything mm-hmm. that you're doing. Uh, within the space. Is there anything that you wanted to leave us with before we let you go?
0: Um, no, man. I just want to say thank you. And you know, if you guys have any questions, reach out to me uh, on social media, dig- at Digital Jeff. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Jeff Castillo, J-E-F-F Castillo. Um, and then you can go to houseofclay.io where you see what we're building and you can send me an email directly there. My email's somewhere on the page. But yeah, I'm I mean, just excited about what's, what's to come with Web3. We are launching a new show called Doxed, and we partnered up with At Metaverse, which is the largest community in Web3 space right now. And uh, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of eyes behind this um, new show. And I'm excited to be on camera. For the first time, I wanna be in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's exciting for me too.
1: That's awesome, man. Real quick, you going to NYC? For NFT weekend?
0: Yeah. And uh, okay. So yeah. So let me just mention about that. So we're actually doing an event at NFT NYC, we're actually doing two events. And um, I guess you can get the, we'll put, I'll put the information at, at, on the website, houseofclay.io and mm-hmm. I'll put it on my Instagram as well. But we're going to be hosting a live um, room with uh, interviews with different wow. leaders in the space and I'll be hosting the interviews. And then uh, we're also doing an actual like party type, you know, for uh, a different project, which I can't really talk about it yet, Mm -hmm. but it's coming.
1: That's awesome, man. Please keep me up to uh, to date with that. Um, Thank you for everything that you're doing, Jeff. And it was a pleasure talking to you.
0: Likewise, brother. Namaste. Namaste.